Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. If you know, you know. And I'd like to ask this question to all of us here, you know. Who among you here loves to watch movies? Can I see a show of hands? Yeah? There are a lot of people. And nakapanood na ba kayo ng movies? Di ba? Na may part 1, part 2, and minsan umabot pa hanggang part 5. And sometimes, you would extremely love part 1. Pero pagdating sa part 2, sometimes you're already, ay, bakit ganon? Pumangit. The story was different. Um, I didn't like part 2 like unlike part one. And our preaching for today is kind of like that. So let's see if there will be, if it will end in part two or there is more. So if you would um, agree, no, uh, one of these movies would be Die Hard. Who have seen this movie? Who among you here have seen this movie? And do you agree that part one is so much better than part two? Yeah? <laughs> Well, actually, honestly, I haven't seen any of the Die Hard movies. So, if you know, you know. <laughs> Alright, so let's look at this uh, preaching like that. And I'd like to start with this picture. This is the generation of Joshua when he led the Israelites. So, remember when Moses died and then God charged Joshua to lead the Israelites to the promised land. And it says in the Bible that all in the generation of Joshua was faithful to God. Meaning, they did not um, worship other idols, they did not disobey, they did not walk in rebellion. So in the lifetime of Joshua in that generation, they were faithful to God. And God has been faithful to them. You all know the, the verse that, As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And it is true for the generation of Joshua. It also says there that not one of the good promises of God ever failed. So this generation experienced the power, the holiness, the majesty of God. But generations later, as we jump to this, um, to our word for today, which is Psalm 78, this was now the picture. This is like the part two. So there, he rejected the tents of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, it says in Psalm 78 verse 67. Because they worshipped other gods. They forgot who God is. The Bible even says that there was a generation who didn't even know God, nor what he did in Israel. And then from here, God chooses another king, which is King Saul. Now, King Saul also responded in pride and disobedience. And we can see all throughout that God has risen generations. However, as we humans, we are simply limited and the sinful nature is still in us. God opposes the proud and pride is not just a stronghold of one man. It is also a stronghold from generation to generation. Now, after Saul, God raises David. We all know King David, right? David was a shepherd boy. And we know that along the, along the way, he failed as well when he committed adultery. But he repented and God restored him. So we see that from generation to generation, God 
raises leaders, God raises a godly generation for His purposes, for the name, for His name's sake, for His glory. So now my question is, how do we see the next generation? Is it the generation that would fail? Or do we see the next generation as a generation that would follow after God's own heart? So can we all stand today as we read the word together? It says in Psalm 78, verse 68 to 72. But he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. He built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth that he established forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, his, of, his, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. And with skillful hands, he led them. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that as a generation, we would know what it means to be a generation after your own heart. So that we could raise the next generation after your own heart as well. Thank you for your word. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may now be seated. So, as we have read the text, we can see that there's a pattern here. That it is God who chose because he loved and he built and he chose David and then he brought him to be the king of Israel. So let's walk through that. Um, so let's walk through these verses. So it says here, he chose the tribe of Judah, of Mount Zion, which he loved. You know, this was just a fulfillment of the prophecy or the blessing of Jacob when he was praying for his sons. If you would remember that story, he blessed all his sons with like a prophetic prayer. And he said that, um, Judah, your brothers will bow down to you. People, people's obedience will be upon you. So this was simply it. That's how true the Bible is. And, you know, the Lord did not choose Judah because he was handsome, he was amazing, he was strong. But it was simply because he loves him. It's, it says there, he chose the tribe of Judah, which he loved. That's why for the parents here, it's very important for, for, for us to give words of affirmation to our children, to pray powerfully and prophetically for our children. Let's ask God, Lord, what, what do you see for my child so that I may declare it upon his life, so that I may help him discover the calling that he has in you. So, he chooses each of us to partake in his glorious purpose, which is redeeming his creation and the advancing of his kingdom. So what we get from here is God shows us, all of us here, not just the students, but all of us here across generations, God shows us for a purpose that is rooted in love. Again, God's heart has always been to redeem his creation. And that is our part. Together, as we work together in advancing his kingdom, we are bringing redemption and healing. As we bring the gospel, as we preach the gospel to your family, to your friends, as you lead your family to Christ, you are bringing redemption. The Spirit of God is bringing redemption through your leadership. So next, you would see in the next verse, there. 
He built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth he established forever. Now, uh, would you remember our series in Stable and Sure, where we were talking about a church in the Old Testament, like a physical church, a physical temple where the presence of God is. But now in the New Testament, you know, um, sorry, let me go back to that example first, no, that Old Testament. God placed his church, his temple in Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is like 2,000, over 2,500 feet above. So everyone will really see it. So among you are familiar with Sky Ranch? Diba? In Tagaytay, nakikita nyo na agad yung Ferris wheel, diba? Kasi it's there. So God's purpose for His church or for the temple is to be seen by the world. But now in the New Testament, we all know that the church is us, the people. We are people. Diba? There are... Um, former series as well. So it is the spiritual temple that is each of us. It is God who will place us in a high place where people can see so that we can make His name great. Amen? His Spirit is in each of us so that in everything we do, we can make His name great. Whether you're a parent, you're a boss, you're a student, or maybe you're a lolo or a lola. The Spirit of the Lord is in you so that He, so that we can make His name great. God builds us up for His great purpose and glory. Everything that we do should point back to the glory of God. Now, um, People nowadays would strive for greatness, would strive for riches and wealth. And please don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with dreaming for a comfortable life, uh, dreaming about good things in life. But if we see that as the end goal of our lives, then we have failed. Sometimes we define success with what we have, or our position, or title, or the amount in our bank accounts, or the achievements that we have in school. But if that's the end goal of our lives, then we have failed. Now, as the older generation, we must cast a vision to the next generation that their lives is beyond riches, beyond having a high salary. Their lives must point people to God. Their lives must fulfill the very calling and purpose of God. And that's what success is in the eyes of the Lord. Have you ever thought about the purpose of your current job? Or for the students here, your course? How are you being used by God in that role? How is God being seen in your life? As you lead, as you serve if you're an employee, as you study if you're a student, is God being magnified in our lives? You know, there are a lot of students who are, uh, sorry, graduate, uh, graduates, fresh grad, no, who are experiencing quarter life crisis. Have you heard of this? Diba sabi nila, akala ko pag graduate ko, okay na daw, eh, masaya na yung buhay, pero hindi ko alam kung saan yung masaya dito. They would always say that. Because they have seen that 
um, they they they're not satisfied with their with where their their life is going. They're not satisfied with the quality in the direction of their lives. Grabe, 25 na ako, wala pa akong ganito. Wala pa akong napundar, wala pa akong ganito. The world is pressuring the next generation to measure success with material things. Again, there's nothing wrong with having that. But success is defined by how we live out our purposes, our God's purposes in our lives. You know, here in Novali, we minister to both private and public schools. But honestly, ministering, um, you know, we see different students having that privilege to go to their campus of choice because they have the resources. They can go to the big schools right here or even in Manila. But one of the joys I have in campus ministry is also ministering to the public high schools because there we teach them to dream big. We teach them to, you know, you can still achieve more. You are not limited with your resources because God is with you and God will provide for you to fulfill your purposes. We teach them to realize that there is a God-sized dream that God has placed in their hearts. And they can only achieve it with the help of God. So again, we should teach the next generation that success is defined by how we live our lives for the glory of God. In the next verse, we can see that he chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people Jacob, of Israel is inheritance. Because God is a faithful God, he also takes notice of our faithfulness. He also is pleased and he delights with diligence and faithfulness. You know, it was never mentioned in the Bible that David wanted to be king. He never aspired for that leadership position. Not until it was Samuel who anointed him and revealed to him that he was chosen by God to be the next king of Israel. David was faithfully serving his brothers. He was simply bringing them snacks in the army. Kaya nga niya na-meet si Goliath eh, because he was bringing them snacks. David have already been serving even before any title or position. So where has God placed you now? What is your current sheepfold? What is your current job? What is your current work or platform that God wants you to tend faithfully? Is it to pray for your children? Then pray faithfully. Is it to be a good boss to your employees? Then inquire of God with every decision. We all have a platform of leadership. Maybe some of you would say, eh, hindi naman ako yung boss eh. Hindi naman ako uh, masyadong prominente doon sa company namin. Sa school, hindi naman ako masyadong pinapansin. Ako dati, ito yung work ko. Kaya lang nag- nagka-baby na kasi ako eh. Kaya nandito na lang ako sa bahay. But that is the very place where God has placed you. Where He will use you mightily 
to lead people to Christ. This was Pastor Ian's question last week in his preaching. What does our life communicate? When people see us, when people encounter us, what does our life communicate? You know, there is no retirement in influencing people. There is no retirement in being used by God. You know, one of our, she's one of our, she's part of our church community and she's 80 years old. And maybe some of you would know her. She would always share to me, you know what, Fiona, I really didn't um, finish my studies. Hindi nga ako marunong magbasa masyado tsaka magsulat eh. Nahihirapan ako. Pero ang pinakayaman ko na sa buhay is yung mga anak ko, Christian sila. Yung mga naging asawa nila, Christian din. Yung mga apo ko, Christian din. And that's a powerful legacy. That's the true treasure that we can have in this life. That we ourselves have a relationship with God and to ensure and witness our descendants having a relationship with God, a thriving relationship with God. Whenever I hear that story, Lord, I covet that. I covet that life, that longevity, that faithfulness to pray. And you know what her secret was? She was simply praying. Praying for her husband, praying for her kids. She would always say, alam mo, nasa sinapupunan pa lang yan, pinagpipray ko na yung mapapangasawa niya. Have you ever thought of that? For, for the parents here. Because our prayers are never in vain. Especially when we pray according to the will of God. So where are you right now? Where are you currently placed by God? And it says here, he brought him to be the shepherd. So from the sheep pens, he brought him to be the shepherd. Wherever you are right now, God will bring you to a flat platform of influence. To serve His purpose and glory. Whether that's influencing your grandchildren, whether that's teaching your children to pray, God will bring you to a place of influence to serve for His purpose and glory. So again, it will never be about us. It will, it's not about our position. It's not about our title. Because it is God who will bring us there to serve His very purpose and glory. So lastly, the verse in this um, text, after God journeying David from the time that He chose him, it, it says here, Asaph described him, and David shepherded them with integrity of heart. And with skillful hands, he led them. It was God who brought David from being a shepherd boy to be a righteous king of Israel. To be a king who will do good in his sight. David aimed for the glory of God and the good of his people. And at the end of David's reign, he even gathered his assembly and pointed everything back to God. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness 
in the power and the glory and the majesty and splendor. David never thought that it was about him. That God made him great for himself. God used him to bring all the glory back to God. It is even the integrity of heart that made him repent when he fell into sin. Remember, most of you are familiar with, with Psalm 91. It is with that integrity of heart that he humbled himself and knew and realized that I have sinned against a holy God more than anyone else, more than Uriah, more than Bathsheba. I have sinned against a holy God. I have offended the God whom I love. Talking about integrity. You know, integrity from the word integer, right? Which means whole. A leader who is whole before God only aims for the glory of God. And he will not have his own agenda. He will not serve his self-centered purposes because he was already whole before God. And he will use his platform to always serve. It will always be outward. Never inward. Now let's talk about having an upright heart and skillful hand. It says here, we need to do both. We need to have both, sorry, to serve God's purposes. So ano bang mangyayari kung isa lang yung meron ka? Diba? So let's talk about excellence first or that skillful hand. Diba? If, you're, um, if you're just excellent, and you have no integrity, then you can use all that skill and, and you know, knowledge for your self-centered desires. You could use it for corruption. You can use it at the expense of other people. That's why it's very important to be a leader with integrity of heart. We're all familiar with this structure, right? It's the Great Wall of China. You know, it took generations. It took generations to build this. Imagine mo, bata ka pa lang, yung tatay mo, tinatayo na to. Tapos ikaw nung tumanda ka, sumama ka din nung tinayo to. Tapos lolo ka na, yung apo mo, tinatayo pa din niya to. But it only took one generation to make China fall. This was supposed to protect the nation. They were a fortified city. But it only took one generation. The guards who manned the gates of the wall were bribed. Nasuhulan sila. And because they have no integrity, they weren't able to serve their purpose, to guard their nation. And that's what happens when we don't have integrity. Paano naman kung puro ka-character, okay, mabait ka, but you have no skill. You don't have that excellence. People will not be able to follow that kind of leader because they need an excellent leader who will make excellent decisions. And our goal is not just professional excellence. Hindi lang yung magaling tayo sa maraming bagay. We're also aiming for moral excellence inquiring of God and putting it into action is also a skill. 
So how was David able to lead with both integrity of heart and skillful hands? Let's look, uh, let's look back to this account where Samuel anointed him. It says here, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Now think about that. What do we get from here? It is God who gave David the ability to lead with integrity of heart and skillful hands at the same time. It was God who made him excellent and be a man of integrity. He is the source of integrity. He is the source of our skills. He is the one who inspires us. And you know, when I say the word inspire, it's not just that. Yung, yung emotional lang na, oh, nakaka-inspire naman. It's not that. Inspire came from the word inspirare, which means to breathe. Meaning, there is another source to it. We cannot do it by ourselves. Integrity and excellence is a fruit of God's Spirit in us. Look around you. One, look around you. Each of that person seated in this room, even the one standing, we all have the Spirit of God. We all have God's Spirit in us. That's why what we can get from here is it is God who calls us to accomplish His purpose and empowers us to do it with integrity and excellence for His glory. It is God who calls us and He brings us to that place of position or influence and then He empowers us with integrity and excellence and faith for His glory. Now generations after David, of course David died, a series of bad kings still arose in Israel. But hundreds of years later, a king came with a truly upright heart and his hands were not just skillful. His hands performed miracles, wonders. He provided healing and restoration to people. He gave them the peace of God. And you know what? This king came to serve and not to be served. And this king is Jesus. Now, Jesus, as our king, calls us to serve for the glory of God. And as Christians, that's what we're called to do. We bear his name. We're Christians. We follow Jesus. We follow this king. And this is what we do as a movement, as a church and campus ministry. We help the next generation follow Jesus Christ. 
This has been the Victory Santarasa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santarasa.